was born in the valley, I was born today. My soul is the reason that my body stays. Oh Lord, have mercy. What up? Welcome back to another episode of Life's a Podcast. Today I'm joined by very two special guests. I'd like, like to welcome back to the show my good friend, my roommate, Mr. Will Haltwanger. Will, welcome back once again, my friend. Well, thank you, Jack. Super excited. Good to have you back on, bud. And we are also joined by the one and only Mr. Sam Birchfield. Sam, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for coming on, Sam. Sam is a uh, world-renowned musician. Um, world-renowned? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Sam is uh, one of our, uh, Will and I's favorite musicians. Um, Sam, before we kind of jump into some questions, what would you, what would you say uh, describes generally speaking, if you could put, I mean, put a words on, on a genre, what would you say that your style of music is? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I feel like I would, I would say that it's changed a lot in the past, especially, yeah, since, uh, since Will probably first came upon my music, I know. Um, But it's settled into some, some sort of a folk world, I would say at this point, that's, you know, it's always hard to define that stuff, but that's probably the, the closest. Okay. Yeah. Folk world. I like that. Folk world, you know? <laughs> Folk world music. Um, yeah. Once again, Sam, thanks for coming on the show. Um, so yeah, a lot has happened for you, for everyone this year, but you especially. Um, you yeah. released an album back in February, correct? Uh, Graveyard Flower. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the writing process for that album and um, I guess where your music is going. I guess, yeah, since you said you, you've changed so much. Um, what's kind of the what was the main focus of the uh the album just from a writing perspective is it very personal um talk to me just about that yeah so um first of all i also gotta say just as a side note that i'm a huge podcast fan like i love listening to podcasts i I listened to a five hour one five Uh, hours oh my gosh (laughs) the joe rogan ones i I got in you know years ago with with my friends and so i'll just jump on one of those and like <laughs> for a long drive. Uh, so that being said, I'm honored to be on one. I've been on a couple, but it's, it's fun. So yeah, for having me. Uh, but yeah, so the record in February <clears throat> graveyard flower that, that was sort of, I feel like for me, it's almost like a um, coming of age album or something. It's almost like me finally stepping into my identity Um. Or, or really discovering it. I think that, you know, I've been on this artistic journey that coincides with my person, personal journey. And, um, you know, before that record, I was, I was writing, I love writing songs. That's like my main thing. So I was writing songs and all sorts of songs. And then when I wanted to make a record, I would just sort of I did have some reason behind putting them together, but it was definitely more of like, I think I want to put these songs together and not like there's a vision for this project. If that makes sense. So Graveyard Flower, I started off with what is worth making a record about? Like, what is it that's so important that I'm going to take all the time to, you know, write these songs and all this. And I had some songs already, but and I was talking with my wife about this, trying to like dial in, like what, who am I? What's what's the purpose here? And it really got to like 
the core of the things that I really care about and that I write about already or wrote about already uh, is like connection to nature, like the importance of the connection to nature and to each other. Uh, because that's sort of, we are nature, right? Like we're from dust to dust kind of thing. We're part yeah. of it. Um, so Graveyard Flower was really digging into the idea that we're from it. We are mortal. Like we die and go back to nature. Um, so there's there's like a death theme in it, but but a nature theme of like reconnecting to nature, to each other, and to our own mortality. And so you know, I started off with an EP, actually, those five songs, the first side one of the record. Um, and I went to Dallas with my good friend, Zach Wells, who's been a part of past projects. And we recorded it in his apartment. And I got home and I was like, whoa, we recorded that in his apartment. <laughs> and I actually like the sound of it. <laughs> so I was like, why do I go to studios ever? Uh, and so, you know, that that summer did a lot more traveling with Pip and then that fall she was on tour for like a long, like two or three weeks. I was like, I could just write some more songs and like finish this and make it a record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's sort of, uh, I guess what it's about and generally how it sort of became itself. I suppose. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'll give the floor to you if you have any, I mean, yeah. we can, we okay. can dive into the album itself. Um, yeah, anywhere you guys want to go. And I'll ramble like an infinite amount. Ramble on, man. Ramble <laughs> on. Um, I think an interesting thing to think about, like to ask um, musicians, especially people who play uh, instruments and also sing, um, is sort of what starts the writing process. Like, do you write music first and then uh, follow with lyrics or do you start with lyrics or is it some of both? Or, uh, I'm curious how that is for you. Yeah, it's it's... Uh, I would say sort of simultaneously like music and lyrics um, a lot of time. I, I would say I almost never write lyrics first. Okay. Like I'm, I don't just sit down as a poet and like write a, a thing and then, and then put it to uh, music. But I, I often will just, it's sort of like freestyling, I guess. Like I'll be playing something and when I catch something that I really vibe with, like on guitar or piano, I'll just like, for lack of a more artistic or better word, like I'll freestyle like yeah. some sort of something to it, like, oh, and then I'll catch, you know, it's sort of like, it's almost like uncovering, discovering what the song is in, in a lot of ways. Like it's chipping away and be like, and then it's, there's a moment where it, it also resonates like, oh, that's what this is about. Um, I mean, there's a lot of times where I stumbling through the music, I definitely know what I want to say. Um, and I'm just finding words, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't start with just like writing the words, which I'm sure a lot of people do, <laughs> but yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay. Also another thing just to add about this out al about the album itself. And, and I'd like to hear all your thoughts on every single album. Um, how do you go about choosing the cover of like cover art of the album itself? Mm -hmm. And then I, I know you kind of went along with graveyard flower, like what you were saying, but um Maybe your other albums, if you like, I don't know. I'm always so curious as to why artists pick their album covers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm most pumped about this most reason about Graveyard Flower album cover. It's a, it's a really cool cover. Yeah, very awesome. <laughs> yeah, and shout out to the uh, Michael Kai, who's the guy that, and Dustin Kramer. So this is an interesting one. Um, 
ultimately, so I suck at visual stuff. Like I just think I'm bad at visual stuff and my wife is really good at it. So part of it was that she was around to help me like keep, keep myself in check and figure stuff out. But, um, you know, I think there was this idea of like, it was probably all her idea to be honest, if I'm just going to be honest about the skeleton and the flower. Um, and, but originally it was, it was, we went to the tattoo artist, this guy, Dustin, um, because she has a friend that has a cool skeleton tattoo. She's like, it could be like a, you know, line work kind of thing. And I ended up getting that tattoo later on, like after he designed it. But originally it was, it was this little, um, like longer guy. And if you, so I put out a CD that was just side one of the record, like six months before or seven months before. Um, so it was just the first five songs and that cover actually is that design. And then, uh, but we took it to this, like, cause I wanted to be on vinyl and we took it to this more of a graphic designer and I took him that design and it was his idea to blow it up. I was like, you know, I have this design kind of whatever you're feeling, you know, it's, I told him obviously the, th the theme and then I, you know, this skeleton is part of it, the reconnection and the death and the life. Um, and he was the one that actually blew it up and like zoomed in on the original design. Cause the original design was like this tiny little skeleton and he like zoomed in on it and made it this huge, like bold thing and, and repurposed some pieces of it. And yeah, he, he crushed it. Um, honestly, but I mean, previously I've just kind of gone to graphic designers and told them my, uh, it's really collaboration, I guess, uh, cause yeah. I'm telling them my like themes and ideas in my head of why I made it, uh, and the first two, uh, EPs or records or whatever was definitely people, um, just doing their own thing and like interpreting it and me being like, Oh, this, about this, about this, um, so yeah, it's very much the artist and not me <laughs> making it good. Gotcha. That's awesome. Also, so, shout out to Old Milwaukee non-alcoholic beer because how, been, how are those? I've I've been curious. <laughs> specifically, Old Milwaukee or or just any non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. So, and I'm not like I just still do have beer sometimes, but um, I just you know for a casual beer that you don't want to like feel like you have a beer. Um, this one's pretty my favorite. One I've had is Oduls. Uh huh. I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's actually good, man. Like as far as like, if you like the taste of beer, it's like I'm into it. I've speaking of non-alcoholic beer, this is. I mean, we so normally on a lot of shows, we uh, so Will has gotten me into a lot of like IPAs and craft beers. Um, that's yeah. kind of his speed. Um, and uh, on the show, most of the time, we normally do like a what drink would you like to promote just like you did and, and just talk about <laughs> um so i'm always i've always been curious though speaking of non-alcoholic beers is can you buy them if you're not 21 i've never been okay never, okay do you have any it, well the, okay i don't fully know but i i do know that they card me every time i get it and i've i've oh, said see like, yeah what? i've said like that's interesting well, I remember one time I was like, oh, it's non-alcoholic. And she said, I still have to card you. And I, do, I didn't fully get the explanation, but it does like, like a lot of them, I think have like, you know how like kombucha has alcohol in it? Yeah. It's like 0. 0.0. Like it's, it's yeah. ever yeah. so slightly. Some negligible amount. This is similar. This says contains less than 0.5% alcohol by volume, which is, I guess, more than the 
kombucha. But so maybe it has something to do with that. But you can buy kombucha if you're under 21, I think. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, Glad but you brought I actually, that up because I've always been so curious about that. Yeah. I have a good friend, another artist, Caleb Holly. Shout out to Caleb. He's awesome. Um, but he doesn't drink anymore. He had a, a rough past with that. And so we were hanging with him in New York one time uh, recording one of Pip's records. And he had like, he was the one that showed me Abdul's actually, which is, I think, my favorite okay. one. And we just kept getting a bunch of Abdul's, like, because he didn't drink and I didn't want to just have beers in the in the house we were staying in. And uh, I, was, I, know, I think I noticed that there's like, oh, yeah, they, they have a tiny amount of alcohol, though, actually. And he was like, trust me, you can't get drunk on them. Like, one night I just tried because I was, like, having a relapse. Like, I tried to drink, like, 20 of these or something, and, like, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Interesting. Oh. <laughs> Part of me wishes I wasn't uh, 21 at this point, and I I could just, just try go and just see if <laughs> I can, or just yeah. I don't have a I don't have my idea. Like I know I've always been so just. Confused. Somebody with a little with a younger sibling listening, go try this. <laughs> see what. what Sam said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not an alcoholic. It's just like, hey, what's the deal? Yeah, it's, it's an experiment. Oh, it's also, I also thought about that with like. <laughs> This is also not a good thing, but like I thought about that with with driving and just have like a non because it looks it looks it like looks a, yeah yeah. So if right. you're just dr- always driving with like non-alcoholic beer, just so that if you ever get pulled over, you, like <laughs> you can like play dumb, but then be like, oh no, it's non-alcoholic. <laughs> but that all be of a sudden of, he's smarting up real quick and <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of annoying. Like really like i don't think a cop would probably still 50 percent of the time be like you're getting a ticket for yeah, wasting your time being a dick <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh we have so much to experiment on now i love it <laughs> um okay will do you have anything else about the uh this most recent album uh regarding graveyard flower um i um, things about it but sort of it, it would sort of switch or shift gears of the conversation but um thinking about releasing an album sort of earlier this year uh with all that's happened and not really having a chance to tour um if you even have um i know you have done some shows lately but i'm curious as to what that's been like uh with very limited um uh, access to being able to do shows and all that and promoting the album and all yeah it was definitely a big bummer yeah. uh because <laughs> it was literally it was like february and we actually were on tour we we uh with with the band we were like coming down from new york actually like the band we were with one of the dudes kind of got sick so like i could have totally been covid but it was just early where where everyone was like no that's not a thing yet yeah and then by the time we got down the coast uh officially like we had a few shows get canceled because it was right leading up to that like weekend where it all blew up um so yeah i mean it's a it's a drag to put out a record and, you know, the, you know, the by the book way to do that is to be able to tour and promote it. And uh, even now that I have like a physical vinyl, like being able to go shows so you can sell it and stuff. Um, so it was definitely a drag, but I don't regret it. I think it kind of in a weird ironic way works really well. This record being in 2020, like when I go look back and see 2020 on the release date, uh, because it, I think it's representative of a lot of like what's going on. Like, it's about connecting with each other. It's about reconnecting with, you know, your divine purpose and like reconnecting with nature and reconnecting with all these important things. And that actually people had this struggle where they're quarantined 
and like feel like you can't be connected to people, you know? Yep. Um, so, you know, from a business standpoint, maybe it's a bummer, but uh, I'm cool with it. I've actually like, you know, and yeah, I've had a few shows coming back where like socially distanced or uh, outside or whatever um, to, to where I've still been able to talk about it or whatever. And, um, you know, it's always, it's always new for, for someone who's finding it for the first time. So like in that regard, it sort of doesn't matter when you release something. For sure. So Sam, you're, you're, go ahead, Will. Sorry. I was going to say, this is random, but the New York show you mentioned, I'm pretty sure my parents were at that. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but I'm pretty sure they were. (laughs) No, wait, actually, were they at that one? They might've been at the previous one. Was it this year? They were. It was earlier, I think in February this year when they were up in New York. Cause I remember seeing them at, they were like on a trip. They just happened to be on a trip, right? Yeah. Yeah, they were. (laughs) Okay. So speaking of live shows, um, Sam, I've actually I've seen you twice now in person. Will, how many times would you like to admit that you've seen Sam live? <laughs> um, time to confess, but it's a countless number. I, I honestly don't know. It also depends on what you consider a show because I've it's seen fair. him at Montreal a lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, somewhere between probably around fifteen times, maybe. I was gonna say it's between ten and twenty. If I had to guess, that, that wow. it'd be in that range. If I if I guess as well, it's like every I feel like 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 Greenville, Charlotte some Asheville like Montreat show that I've done in the past in the past like uh, four years or something <laughs> so, which I appreciate man thank you so much oh cool. I love it <laughs> so Sam it's funny you might not remember this um we're coming up on is it almost three years since this will we went and saw you in um at the radio room in Greenville mm-hmm. funny enough this was our sophomore year so there's like a year and a half two and a half two years ago ish um and we actually planned our entire spring break trip around your show um (laughs) and so we actually uh all we got like a huge group of us it was like eight to ten of us and um will happen to know someone who had let us like thankfully let us uh stay in their cabin at montreat for like four or five days it was awesome and um just so happened that you had a show the night that spring break started and um and I remember we we took the, the truck down to see you and it was it was a great kickoff to an amazing spring break. And um, we got the full culmination of the Montreat Sam Birchfield experience. Oh, yeah, man, that's the pilgrimage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's super cool, man. Thank you guys for I'm always honored when people like, yeah, take time to, to go to these shows. Yeah, Seriously. for sure. And Will, where was where did we see him uh, our freshman year? That was the, which seems like so long ago. Um, I know that Asheville. Yeah, that was at um, Highland. Okay. At yeah, Highland yeah. Brewery. It was wasn't it like a brewery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I do like their beer actually. <laughs> Highland has some really good beer. Yeah, you play at a good bit of uh, breweries. I feel like. Um, yeah, it's like an easy place for when you're a smaller, like independent artist. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, they can afford to pay you and bring you out, and then there's people, most likely, that are going to be there um yeah and it's just fun most of the time but so to segue back to um beer what's what's the what's the deal with playing at a brewery are you are you hooked up as the artist like are you like (laughs) here like here you know you're doing a show here's one on one or three or here's some non-alcoholic ones like you don't get the good stuff like what are they well this is probably no secret but there's a lot of beer in the music industry 
<laughs> just uh-huh. <laughs> that's why I'm drinking non-alcoholic <laughs> in my home life. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's always like always drinks, and some people really can't handle it. It's it can be a dark thing. Like you got to be able to have self-control and you know and balance it all out because when you're getting free drinks every night and or people want to buy you drinks or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you got to be careful. But it's definitely. Unless it's a really rude brewery, <laughs> like I think they always give you drinks. Okay, good. Cause that'd be that'd be pretty. I mean, be yeah, low, you have like, to be careful. But yeah, you guys can have any of the drinks, uh, but here's like water. <laughs> They're just handing you waters in the house. How yeah. courteous. <laughs> um, okay, so Sam, speaking of live shows, uh, and think carefully because you might have some fans listening to this. What uh-huh. has? What's your favorite uh, location to play? Uh, and if you had to pick out a memory of like, what's something about your live shows that always stands out to you, um, that you like, that makes you, I guess, just more so remember as you pile up doing more and more shows, like, or do you just remember every single show, like the back of your hand, like what's something that sticks out to you, um, at a live show? Yeah. I mean, it's the people definitely is the thing that makes it what it is. Uh, the rooms are always helpful in that, like the environment helps everything culminate but it's definitely the people um i just had a really special one in uh in michigan recently and uh this must have been september or something um but these really sweet people flew me up there and it was like in an old barn that was being renovated and i was up in the barn it's like 50 people um and I think what made it special was that it was in the midst of all this crazy, you know, pandemic and these people, you know, were wanting to come out and, and be a part of live music and they, you know, we were safe and everything, but just having people sing along to some songs and like, what a cool feeling in the midst of not having been able to do that, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Especially like some of the, some of the shows that have happened have been like outside and a little bit more like lively, not necessarily like a listening atmosphere. Um, like Evening Muse, I know that, uh, I know at least Will's been over to one of those shows. <clears throat> but yeah, so it, it's it's the people, it's like the singing along, and it's the connection, you know, and as an artist, like you've, you're sort of cultivating that and trying to like feel out the energy of the room and like direct it somewhere and and unite it to, to do something and to like feel something together. Um, so that's what stands out is like when that resonates and hits and like you feel it and you just feel the room light up and you feel that like everyone's a part of it together, you know? Um, and, you know, I've played in a lot of beautiful rooms and different cool places all over the, not all over the country, but a lot of the country. And, um, you know, it's always the people that are the highlight ultimately, I would say. I'm not going to say anyone show. That's what it is. <laughs> I was just seeing if I could fish something out. Like uh, the show that the Halt Wongers are always at. Like, I don't know if you do. Yes. Well, those are always fun. Oh, my guy it's out. Like, yeah. It's, it is always fun because it's like you, you start to like, like it's, it's personal. It's like you start to like know people that are going to these shows, especially the local, the more in the Southeast. It's like it'll be a lot of friends or family or whatever. And then a bunch of random people that are just fans, but it's cool when you see people and more people that have gone to literally like 12 or 15 shows. Cause it's like, man, they still want to come to these. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Okay, just going off of live shows, and we'll jump in on some other questions about this. But um, what do you have a personal favorite of your songs that you like to play at a live show? Um, I mean, it's always like what's new. I would say. Okay. Um, my favorite recently with the band is the last of the Honeybees, which uh, cause we just do it like kind of more. We kind of really. It becomes bigger than the recording. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with. Uh, like that one I recorded it's there's more parts of it but it was just me recording them so they're sort of smaller and then with a live band at the end it gets really big and like to have everybody you know, get people to clap along and sing along and just like like ah. <laughs> uh, yeah all the energy is always fun do you have a song that you feel like when you're talking about like songs that resonate do you have one that you feel like um, most consistently resonates with the crowd it's a good one um yeah, that's always just like it. Uh, it changes with with what it, where I'm at and like what people know mm-hmm. or not. Like the the like shows recently. Um, I've been playing this new song that's not out, and people resonate with that because I I think because I'm stoked about it and like you know the way that I sort of lead into it and talk about it maybe, mm-hmm. um, and I think a lot of the like more like ballads like someday or um here tonight like some of the older ones too like the people know a lot because i think there's a weird thing that as an artist i sometimes forget that people listen to my songs not at the show <laughs> and then um <laughs> you know like they they have listened to them already and they show up and then it's like so you can sing along and i i think i forgot about that because I used to just play and no one ever knew my songs and, and couldn't sing along. And I had to like teach something in real time for people to sing to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then it got to the point where like, like in Greenville, some of these like more closer markets to where I, where I am, uh, people will just be singing all the words to all my songs. I'm like, like, I forgot that you guys listen to these, like, <laughs> and, and know them. Uh, so yeah. I don't know if I answered anything there. Oh, yeah. No, Dude, <laughs> I, I want to ask too, um, would you care to explain, or speaking of like <laughs> special moments that shows, would you care to explain sandwiches? Uh, <laughs> there's, so yeah, for people that don't know, if you go to one of my shows frequently, you might hear someone yell sandwiches. And basically the story of that is when I was working at uh, uh, summer camp during college, uh, Montreat, which is outside of Asheville, Carolina um I was I was like a kid's music person so I would go around to all these different kids in the camp and like sing kids songs and that was one of the kids songs I sang but all the counselors ended up really loving it because it's sort of got this like Irish drinking song jig to it (laughs) and and then it turned into an actual drinking song for the counselors (laughs) you know on off time you know obviously you know on the weekends or whatever we go places you know go into town or whatever and sometimes we would go play at a, at a spot in town and people would be like sandwiches and we and it was fun it was so much fun but now i like can't escape the haunting of sandwiches like the <laughs> people just screaming it and not even knowing what they're like why <laughs> every now and then yes every now and then i will I'll do it if I'm really feeling it. Most of the time, just in Montreat or Black Mountain, like at Pisgah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember now because I, 
don't know. I'm kind of brain dead sometimes. Did did that happen at the show two years ago? I don't think it did. Then. I don't remember it. Yeah, I feel like I don't, I don't remember I don't someone you, randomly yelling sandwiches. And yeah, I don't think you you Jack have had the privilege of experiencing. That. <laughs> All right, so so Sam, I I hate to break it to you. Next time I see you. It is a rarity, man. Like I, I do not like, I don't like, we, to break we even got you to do it. Um, when you did one of the private shows at, uh, our house at Montreal yeah. uh, during the conference, uh, when it was just you, um, yeah. and, and our youth group, we, right, cause I have a video of it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like I definitely hold off because I feel like, I just feel bad for the people that don't know what is going on or what it is. They're like, like I can just imagine if I was in and I'd be like, uh, like looking around and then there's like 10 people that are like pumped about this thing happening, yeah. <laughs> but it'll, ha- it happens like, you know, once a year. Or so. All right. Probably. Maybe I'll have to catch you on that. That one time that year. Oh, um, good luck, man. Good luck. <laughs> so Sam, speaking of uh, a specific song of yours, um, like I said uh, in the pre-show, Will was the one who introduced your music to me. Um, I myself, I'm from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, uh, which is a very different walk of earth compared to the rest of the Carolinas, as you might imagine. Um, so any form of folk music was all new to me when I went yeah, in the yeah. upstate for school. So um, I'll never forget, Will and I have been roommates uh, all four years at college. Um right. Somehow he still stuck around with me. And uh, the first thing Will ever hung up on moving day was um, a little poster right next to his bed of, uh, I think it's like the chorus to here tonight. Am I wrong, am I wrong Will? Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, that's, I think probably might have been one of the first things he ever said to me. He's like, hey, you ever heard of Sam Birchfield? Like that was kind of his leading <laughs> thing to like all people that we met freshman year. Cause Will and I were like at the hip freshman year. And I always, I probably heard him say, his little introduction of what is where he's from his whole name and then like that was his follow-up is like have you heard of Sam Birchfield um I owe you a lot well man that's a lot of new new listeners (laughs) so fast forward to that January and we have this thing called um interim at our school which basically it's a month allocated to learning things about that you wouldn't I guess learn in college but like it's useful things so freshman year Will and one of our other now current roommates and his now girlfriend and actually two of the roommates that we live with now, the other two and his girlfriend all took guitar with him. So it's, they, they took guitar lessons for a month. And so they'd play in our room and I, I'm pretty sure Blue Ridge June was like one of the first songs that they kind of Sweet. wanted to play. So it would just be, I didn't take guitar cause I'm musically just not equipped to play anything. And, um, so I heard a lot of the intro of the first like three or four chords. Yeah, <laughs> I heard a lot of Blue Ridge June, just those first four chords. So now that song, because we live with those same two other guys, the two of us, um, that song has become like our unofficial anthem of the apartment. Um, because great. anytime one of those guys busts out their guitar, that's the first thing that they're plucking at. And it's the, it's so fun. It's such an easy go to. It's, it's such a good song, so good. Like, but like... <laughs> you slowly just creeped your way into the depths of Wofford college. And uh, that is awesome. I love that. I'm sure it got annoying at some point. Like everybody. <laughs> they play it over each other. Like it was like a competition to see who could do it first. <laughs> um, funny. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget that. And yeah, that, that uh, here tonight poster, I was always just like so confused, like when he was hanging it, it up and it helped us make some friends too. Cause I remember yes, it did. It might have been Lilia. Um, she is one of our friends. She walked by our door and the door was open and 
um she saw that because it was when you look through the door it's like on the back wall and yeah. she recognized it she's like wait that's simber philip foster and then we became friends after that because she she had gone to montreal growing up and that was an instant connection and um as you know the way montreal connects people but um yeah, uh, yeah. like a fraternity cool. man <laughs> yeah, i feel yeah. like i missed out big time as a kid yeah it's definitely a thing man it's definitely i was just talking to i played a wedding in charleston the show Friday and then the wedding Saturday and uh, the, the officiant there, it's like a huge Montreat goer. And somehow we just started talking about it. We're like, you know, all the inside jokes come out and you know, it's good times. That's awesome. Um, Sam. So regarding just your music in general, can you ever, and whenever you release music, do you ever predict um, correctly? If that, what your most popular songs are going to be? Hmm. I feel like I have a good idea. Okay. Um, has there been one where you're like, how is this the most popular off this album? I mean, not, they all should be very popular, but has there been some that have like surprised you for any reason? Uh, I would have to go look. I'd have to, I try not to look too much at all the, the charts of all that stuff, like all the, the back end data. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I have a good, a generally a good idea of like when something really resonates and I'm like, <clears throat> and feel really good about it. Generally, that means other people do too, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, even like maybe with the first record, with here tonight being this huge thing, maybe the the level of the level that it sort of went to was maybe a little bit like, whoa, really, <laughs> like. It just sort of, I mean, I don't remember when people started listening to it a lot more. It might have been from doing all the Montreal stuff or whatever, but at some point it was just like, people are really listening to this one song <laughs> like way more than anything else, huh. um, which is cool because I owe a lot of the fact that people listen to my music to that. With um, Here Tonight, uh, I've always I've always wanted to ask you this. This could be a total flop of a question, but... Um, <laughs> Is there any connection to that in the parable of the prodigal son? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not directly, but the song is God speaking to us. Okay. Okay. Which, which would, yeah, which does totally fit into the prodigal son. It's, yeah, I wrote it as, I mean, you know, it's like God speaking to us, even, even, and, and so the music video it's just sort of fun, but it's, it's actually trying to like lean into that because I got these two kids that were at Montreal that were camp kids that were kids of the um, director or whatever. Um, I was like, it's cool to think about like the innocence of a child being the thing you flash to. Um, and it's because it's sort of like Adam and Eve. It's sort of like we start off like innocently not knowing uh, but then, and then the, the, the lyrics sort of speak into this. And then like, there's a realization of shame and there's a realization of like the dirt on your toes is like the sin and everything. Um, so it it is like singing it as if, as if God speaking to us, um, which, you know, it's, I, I like to do that with, with songs where maybe it's not obvious exactly what's going on or like, or like putting uh spiritual stuff because i'm a spiritual person i like tying it in there but not making it obvious uh, because i definitely 
have a lot of qualms with a lot of the uh, like modern Christian music. Like I just think a lot of it is not very thoughtful. Uh, like a lot of old hymns and like the lyrics are so beautiful and so rich and some of the like CCM modern stuff, right. there's a purpose for all of it. But you know, I like to bury that stuff in my songs as opposed to just having like, it'd be obvious, I guess. Yeah. I think personally that that's always resonated with me in music more whenever I sort of have to look underneath to find the meaning um, rather than it just being uh, kind of laid out in front of me. Um, Cause then that, allows for more room for like actual personal connection, which has happened with me and here tonight, which is kind of why I asked that because it um, has very much resonated with me in that, in that uh, way of connecting to that story. So that, so just, just so you know, it, it, uh, it works. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's cool. The cool thing about art is that like, you know, art is interpreted and, and people, I almost don't want to tell people too much about, you know, why I wrote a song or what it means to me, because I do think people mm-hmm. should hear it with their own ears and, and be able to have it speak to them at, even at that moment that they're in when they hear it. And it might be different 10 years from then or, or whatever, but it is sort of a organic changing thing in this weird way, you know? And, and for me, sometimes when I will sing a song, it'll have different meanings different at different times of my life you know like i'll connect to it differently um in a particular moment which is cool well i like that i never even you never even told me about that i've never even thought about like uh that's here tonight being about the prodigal son like or at least just like putting the two together like that that makes a lot of sense i like that now i'm gonna have to like go listen to that song a thousand times, <laughs> a thousand times over and like think about it in that context i like that um <clears throat> So Sam, you were, uh, some may know you from the uh, hit TV show, American Idol. Um, would, you, would you like to talk to us about that? And uh, if at all. I hate to talk about it. What's that? I actually hate to talk about you it. I hate talking about it. Okay, so we won't talk about the show itself, but I am curious. We, we won't have to talk about it. Totally cool. I am curious. Will and I were talking about this. Uh, why did you pick the song, I Want to Be Like You, whenever you went on the show? Uh, because I was um working at montreat singing to kids okay <laughs> and there i was like felt like yeah i'll sing a kid song um like because that's just what i'm doing you know it was yeah. like more uh but i think i had another song i was i tried to do first that they didn't have on there but yeah okay yeah we're gonna have to talk about it it's totally cool <laughs> yeah um, I, I just i tried to like it was good it was cool there's cool stuff that happened and it was fun and people know me from it but i definitely like i, I like to just distance myself from it because it feels so uh, i don't actually like what the show is about or like what it does that's fair, that's fair. i'm just kind of like uh you know but people totally can cool. google that stuff if they want there, I've, I've done a couple of interviews where i talk more in depth about it and you can okay yeah. <laughs> Sorry to shoot that down. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Hey, put me in my place, man. That's what it's about. Um, okay. Well, I have a, a non-music question if you want to. I don't know if you have anything musically speaking that you can think of off the top of your head before I ask this. Um, so, Sam, over this whole world fiasco, uh, you were working on a bit of a project, I'd say, just based off of what I've seen on your Instagram. Can you... Well, one, I'll explain it after I give this very out of context statement. Uh, one, can you give us a bup date? 
and <laughs> tell us about <laughs> tell us about what it actually actually is because I'm very curious. That's something I will talk about plenty. Awesome. All right, here <laughs> we go. He's back. <laughs> We're back, baby. Yeah, so like, man, it must have been probably two or three years ago. Jeez, maybe it was three years ago. Two or three that I had this idea that I wanted. I don't know even how this idea got planted into my mind. I honestly have no idea. I can't remember it, but I wanted to do this van life thing or I, I, you know, and then I was like, vans are really expensive. And I looked at getting like a box truck. Um, and that's actually pretty expensive too. And then actually a, uh, a music venue owner, I was talking to them about it after a show and she was like, you ever heard of schoolies? I was like, schoolies, what is it? She's like, yeah, yeah, school buses. Like, turn them into a, like, a living place. Uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know. That sounds kind of, like, not as cool as the other things <laughs> I was trying to do. And, but it planted in my head, and I was, I started looking into it, and it actually was, like, way more affordable, too. And I was like, I told my wife that I was thinking about it, and she's super cool, luckily. And at some point, it was, like, around my birthday, and I was on an auction site to buy buses <laughs> i was like babe I, I think if i can keep it like it was it was like pretty cheap in the scheme of things like around a thousand dollars which is absurd for a working vehicle oh wow um, it was working yeah yeah and i was like i think if i can get this like for under this amount of money like can i do this and she was like yeah go for it <laughs> so nice <laughs> and i thought uh, yeah so so i got this bus it was in new jersey so we had to like we did a little tour to go pick it up and uh, I drove the thing back, you know, however many, like a thousand miles or something. And it drove back. Like it was, it was definitely chaotic and I had to like fix some things, but yeah. So now, I mean, like I really had time finally to, I've been working on it slowly that whole time, but I mean like the pandemic hit and it was like, well, what else am I going to do? There you go. So now it's like looking pretty good. I just put a new door on it. It's like, painted it's got a bed in there it's got like countertops and solar panels and solar power and wow uh, okay yeah it's i mean like look if anyone's out there trying to do it i think it's an amazing process i've learned so much like i'm not i wasn't like a handy person necessarily but i've done a ton i just learned so many skills and learned so much about cars that i didn't know um it's a diesel so it's like a whole different world and and that too um i just really it's empowering it's like f fun you know like yeah, to do some sure. not music with my hands and like get out there and yeah. cut metal <laughs> never would have done <laughs> but so what's, yeah what's the what's the plan to suit like when it's all wrapped up and done is it to is it like a you know really cool and like awesome tour bus or is it just like a thing for you and your wife to use at your disposal for like weekend getaway type deal yeah, it sort of changed like as as I've been working on it and our life situation. I, I mean, our current plan right now is like we're gonna is to stay. We're we're renting you know a house right now, is to stay here <clears throat> through the winter, but, uh, and then potentially like put some of our stuff in storage and just go in the bus and like be living in it and traveling and sort of going doing whatever <laughs> for some period not like permanently but like even for a few months or like off and on staying with yeah. friends living in there um and then after that yeah like touring being able to tour in it being able to like 
do trips and stuff. Uh, but we we wanted to be at least somewhat livable, like a camper van, you know. That's awesome, we'll, man. We'll see. There's still a lot of work to do. So. <laughs> yeah. Don't, so you have a whole dedicated Instagram account for it, correct? We did make. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The update. Yeah. So we started like bus update, update, and so <laughs> at some point I was like, look, I want to make Instagram, and we still. I, I gotta name it at some point, honestly. Ooh. And then we'll switch it to whatever the name is, but I just don't, I can't keep thinking of a name. So people listen, tell us name ideas. If you're listening out there, wherever there you are, it's gotta be, it's, I don't know. It's gotta be difficult because like you've put somewhat, I mean, what do you say? Almost three years. Yeah. I mean, just since we've had it probably, or at least two, I don't remember when it was. Um, yeah. You still haven't named it. Wow. That's like, <laughs> well, I feel like it needs to be like, it needs, it's not itself yet. Like it's still like, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. once it's done, it'll be like, oh, now, now it's the, it's like when a child is born. Like some, you don't name it until it's born. A lot of times, uh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Will, Will and I were talking about that before the show, and yeah, the bus. It's just like, like I, I, I actually I dug through because I've followed you on Instagram for a while, and I've I dug through your account. I could not figure out like what's the end goal for for the bus like is he gonna like what's the plan and i i figured it was something like what you said but like yeah there wasn't like a, this is what it is I, like is he just to... doing it to do like, yeah, this is just a waste of my time basically yeah. you've heard life. of flipping homes now sam's flipping school buses <laughs> <laughs> he's selling it to, you're like you yeah, pull up to an elementary school like don't you want this like side hustle man <laughs> after a show are you, are you gonna be like hey i got some cds out front and then like there's a bus out back if you want to buy it <laughs> yeah, thousand buy bucks like buy cd way more than a thousand bucks man way more than a thousand bucks there you go <laughs> oh my gosh awesome well you got anything no nothing <laughs> i mean i was i was very invested in the the buff date the buff date, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The buff date. Um, so Sam, you, uh, I got to replace the fuel pump tomorrow, hopefully. All right, fuel pump tomorrow. Yeah, got it. So <laughs> along with that, uh, you're in the midst of a pretty busy week. Um, besides going on a uh, very low end, low budget podcast and and doing work on the bus, uh, you have a single releasing this week. Today's Tuesday as we record this. Uh, any any insight as to what we can expect? Or is it is it kind of the same theme as or just sound at least from Graveyard Flower? You know, anything you want to talk about that or any music to come soon? Yeah, so the sing single coming out Friday, um, Devil Talking. It is definitely inspired and about the this year, you know. Um, and I put out a single uh, somewhere in the summer called "When We Get Through." That was also thematically sort of about that. And I have another song recorded, uh, "Sands of Old Cities," that's uh, one of my favorites right now. Um, that will come out, I believe, early 2021. And so those are all sort of, it's it's more just, I haven't decided if they'll become a project or like a EP or something, um, but they're just singles right now, but, but they are sort of all connected in the sense that it's written during this quarantine pandemic time and also just, you know, I, I guess trying to be, shed some light on it, if that makes sense. Like yeah, for me sure. sort of, trying to shed light on it uh, but yeah so this one coming out i mean it's it's i'd say it's sort of a different sound it's, it's a little um i mean it's still like obviously like folky sort of but it's a little more full band sounding i, I recorded with uh the scoundrels i guess i call them my, my friends playing uh 
drums and organ and bass on it. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what people think and and you know it's it's definitely one that's very much about the lyrics too, um, okay. which is always fun. Yeah. So, but yeah, it comes out. Yeah, I, I guess Thursday or midnight. I guess on yeah. night going into Friday. I think. Awesome. Yeah. Very excited for that. That always that always confuses me. Like the midnight thing. It's like wait. <laughs> what is that yeah what exactly <laughs> what time can i actually get my hands on it um, <laughs> so what with that uh so we can all think of what you're what you're feeling i'm always curious uh what do you like on days in which you release music is there like any form of like oh like any worry are you just like oh it's done like like describe to me if if at all any like is it just any other day like yeah whatever cool songs out oh, it's not whatever it's uh i definitely there's a sense of like like the hands off, like, all right, I'm done. Like a relief, maybe like a good relief, like, ah, all right, it's out in the world. And to a certain extent, I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to like, it's done. Um, but there's also like the excitement of, you know, people hearing it for the first time and, and being like sharing it or whatever. And sort of like a, there's sort of a buzz and like an energy about that. Uh, but this time I'll be in, uh, I'll be, traveling to or in Asheville because we have a show that Friday. Um, excuse me. I have a show that Friday. So I'll probably be like sort of occupied, which is sometimes good because you don't want to like, it's just the social media stuff, man. You don't want to look too closely at all that. Be like, For sure. how many yeah. how people listening? Oh, I'm right now. Oh. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Um, well, Will, I, I'm dry out of questions. If you have anything else you'd like to add to the uh, Sam Birchfield experience. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, something else. You don't have to ask questions. Let's talk about a subject of. Uh, I need to ask you some questions. How? Uh, Fire away. What is the? What is? What is your vision for this podcast, Jack? So Sam, the vision for this podcast um, <laughs> <laughs> is uh, not like so, this particular, not like this one, but like the podcast. At yeah, yeah, the podcast as a whole. Sorry. Um, so. Um, I'm a film and digital media uh, major at school. Um, I've always been enamored with anything media. Um, as you just talked about, um, how you don't want to be all over it. I, it's just an innate thing that I, I really like to get my hands on. Um, and so doing a podcast is something that I've always wanted to do. Um, it's become extremely taboo, I think, especially in 2020 when no one's got, everyone's got so much time to, I guess, have a podcast. So that was what's always held me back. But I wanted to create a platform for other people to come on the show uh, to use it and feel like they're actually doing something that they don't have to necessarily put all the work into and talk about whatever they want. Um, so every episode is extremely different um, and it's never been the goal to pull an audience, make any form of profit off this. I just want to do this for my own self, but also really give other people that experience. Cause ever since I was a freshman and I, I declared that major, um, I just didn't know how to start it. I never really had the confidence to do it. Never really had anyone that I knew who had one that I could go to. And even my professors, like, they were like, I don't like, this is all kind of a you thing. So once I took the time to kind of um, sit down and think about, okay, you know, the world's done a backflip. I'm going to do this. What's the show going to be about? Um, that was my main goal is just giving that people that platform to talk about whatever. And I think it's gone great. Um, I've loved it every single second of it. Um, it's a grind doing it all by myself, but it's 
it's a joy that I love. And it's, it's super cool because um, I've learned so much about other people and it's, you know, given me the confidence to carry myself in a higher way. And it's, yeah, it's grown so much and it's, it's, it's awesome. So yeah, that's kind of the main vision, if you will, of life's a podcast, hence the very broad name. And yeah, um, it's open-ended. You can go in yeah. there. I think you'll keep going. Um, like after, after school. I mean, yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd say, I'd say so. I'd like to, at least, I mean, I definitely, um, I do more of it whenever I'm not in school. Um, Will was on the first episode of season two and it took me like a month into school to like get after. I was just like, Oh my gosh, I haven't done this in forever. So I definitely, um, which is a good thing. I don't prioritize it when I'm at school. Um, but, <laughs> but I, when I get home and I'm, I'm, I got nothing to do like now it's, it's all I can think about. And I'm always kind of thinking of the next, next step ahead. So, um, I hope to continue it once I graduate. Um, so yeah, we'll see, but I just definitely want to make sure I, I did it the, I guess the proper way in a way, I'm not saying it's proper, but just at least to a standard that I can yeah, hold it to where like, I feel good about it. You know, it's not like a, a laughing like a high standard to me, man. That's, there that's, you go. Yeah. What, what is y'all's perspective on, I mean, like, you know, you're talking about like school and, and finishing it up and the, the world doing a backflip. Like, where are y'all at? It's, it's an interesting perspective, I think, that you have where you're on the cusp of like entering. Uh, you're already in the world, but in a sense, entering the world, you know, leaving college and uh, transitioning into something that's yeah. different well and, you go ahead if you have anything you want yeah like what is that like what's your perspective what are you feeling like what what are you wanting to do with with this new like I, I think it i guess what i mean is like if i was if i had an idea of what i was about to do and something like this massive as a pandemic and also just the the political divide and everything happened it might make me think twice about what i was going to do depending like if i was like i want to be I don't know. You know, I mean, it could just shift everything depending on what it is that you're trying to do. For sure. Right. I'd say, yeah, that's a big question. And I, I've never known for, for sure what I want to do after school. I'm still figuring that out and looking at just some very general possibilities, but um, yeah, with everything, like, I think the main thing is, and I've, I've especially been trying to tell myself this the past few weeks, but just, sort of narrow or take a step back and uh sort of narrow in as well in like the immediate future um and just like what's what's like the next right step uh rather than um yeah because there is there's just a lot of uncertainty right now with uh what the job market looks like um just any sort of career and um so i guess just trying to figure out whatever the next right move is um which i'm still very much in the middle of that and don't don't know how to exactly navigate that but i i yeah i'd say that's that's where i'm at just trying to look more close uh yeah that's smart just in general taking the next step like i mean not like in an irresponsible way of not having goals and long-term stuff but i do think ultimately like even just like every day be like all right this is the day that i have like what can i do with this (laughs) day you know yeah yeah it makes sense about you jack I'd say for me, and it all ties back to the origin story of this mediocre podcast is I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, <laughs> I, 
it was the the day after we got sent home and I remember like I always would I always piece together um in all my school years since high school I'm, I'm extremely sentimental and I always like to think back on things um and I have a very weird and obscure memory and so my biggest thing is like okay how am I going to like make substance of this break that I have because seeing that like okay there's a decent chance I'm home for the next six months which was the case like how do I how do I put my footprint on this and, and feel like I, I I put my best foot forward and I uh, I guess not not necessarily self-improve but at least just figured out something about my life um, and the biggest thing for me was like all right we're we're taking all steps necessary and we're gonna do all the things that you wish you could have done all these years and you know, bet on yourself has been the biggest thing for me and, and just putting myself out there. So that's why the podcast started, you know, that day of, I ordered some equipment and just talked to people. And um, so that's kind of been my philosophy since March is just figuring out what I want to do and what I like to do and okay, what's the best way that I can go about doing this. And so um, it's definitely answered a lot of questions as far as, you know, just with the world world's uncertainty, like, um, I put off the idea of grad school for now, just because I don't know, <laughs> you know, senior year is not what we thought senior year would be like. I think Will can attest to that. It's, it's great. We, we were able to be there the entire semester on campus. Um, but still, um, it's just not necessarily my calling. So it's kind of like, okay, eliminate that option. Let's figure out what you like to do. And at least just give yourself, put, give myself the confidence that I at least can put my best foot out there. And so it's scary for sure. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to like not having that like clutch of school to like lean back on in a way. Like I'm almost looking forward to like being scared and like being like, Oh man, like I'm, I'm in the thick of it now. And I, you know, hopefully like, will. I mean, I don't know, maybe this is why we're so close, but like, I don't really have a nice light at the end of the tunnel, but um you know, figuring that out is going to be very satisfying in a way that like in the midst of this all, I'm not like relying on going to school again, or I don't have like a clutch that I can lean on and just like put it, put something off and, and self-improving and just doing more. So that's the run on, I guess, elaborate way of me putting it all. No, I think that's, I think, yeah, it seems really like the idea of betting on yourself, I think is actually really, uh, I relate to that a lot. And I think, yeah, I, th I think it's good to, and this also, like you said, getting out of school, it's, it forces you to, it's like survival instincts, you know, it's like, yeah, for sure. like, I need, I need to make something to make some sort of money so that I can literally live and like make my rent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's like a very motivating. That would be the most motivating. I think a lot of times we grow up and don't have that sort of motivation. It's just sort of like, like oh if you get good grades like that's nice and maybe something nice will happen or like or maybe your parents will be like if you get good grades like we'll give you 20 bucks or something yeah um, that's great but like there's nothing like survival it's not like the things that push you to I, I relate a lot I relate to that a lot as an artist as well because I think when you have true like desperation or need um, it pushes you to create beautiful things and that's the history of art of music a lot of it you know for sure like a lot of it was people that were desperate to like make a living somehow or desperate to make some truth known to the world 
So I think you got you guys got a good 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 heads on your shoulders. Is we're trying, man. Uh, to, I want to actually actually ask you something about betting on yourself. Does that have anything to do with like in relation to why you're a solo act, or is that just like a preference thing? Like, talk to me about like um, like were you ever in a band that went by a band's name? Like, I'm sure Will knows the ins and outs and has the book, but. Uh, I don't know if he does. <laughs> I, I mean, none of the the scoundrels name that you have, but other than that, no. I was in a band in in college that was called Street Rhythm and Rhyme, uh, with some good buddies, and and then I in in high school or in middle school, <laughs> I was in another band. But then I was always writing songs, and I was always um sing ended up singing them, and so that sort of that's sort of like the what's the word i mean the heartbeat of um at least the kind of music that i was making at that point you know so it's like you know i had this high school band and like obviously some of the guys were older and left for college and so it's like okay well now that's not a thing so i but i still write songs so i you know made little cds to give to people with my name on them because that's just what i had and in college like i had that but then i started to meet people and made another band and um still writing songs um but then you know you get closer to the end of college it's sort of like where you guys are and you people start to think about what's next and i was just sort of realizing that for me what was next was definitely betting on myself as an artist and the people i was playing with but you know i just weren't really in, on the same page with that like they were going to be all in in the same way so it, yeah i mean in a way in a way like betting myself and maybe just out of necessity of like at that point after college, I was like, well, I'm by myself again. So like, what do I <laughs> do except be myself, which is my artist persona as Sam Birchfield or whatever. Um, but I, I'm very open to the idea of bands and as side projects, I have a few different um, groups of people that I've been talking to about like making side projects where it's actually a band and I'm just a part of that. Um, you know, I don't know if they'll, if it'll happen. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of me writing the songs is the continuous thread. So it just makes sense for it to be that. Um, makes sense. Yeah. I, like I guess. That. But the scoundrels is, is sort of like what I've become. I've decided to call like the group that plays with me, which has been fun. And that's switched up. It's changed a little bit over the past couple of years. Um, but it is sort of a consistent sound now, I guess. So, yeah. Gotcha. Now, do you ever get like, yeah, I guess, I don't know the best way to put this. Like, how do you go about before, like say before you found the scoundrels, um, post-college, if there is any, like just playing with other people, like, how are you about that? Like, um, cause I remember at, uh, in Greenville, you played with someone, I can't remember his name. Um, well, I don't know if you remember by chance, or did he? Uh, am I? I might like be thinking of something. Musician or like a, someone opening or. Like... I'm, I, I I maybe I'm talking to my ass. I don't know, but yeah. No, how, do you, how do you how how do you go about just uh, playing with other people and like and finding that sound with that with a with a new person? Like, is it is it a challenge or is it kind of like my way or the highway? I'm Sam Birdfield. What up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you flex your muscles hope, on them? Like, I hope it's not like that. I, honestly, I feel like most of the time I'm 
letting people be themselves when they play with me. Um, that's my goal. Sometimes that's backfired. I think my first couple of records, I was a little bit lost, like I mentioned earlier, on the artistic direction. And I think I let the influence of the people I was with uh, turn it into something that maybe wasn't what I ultimately was, which is okay because it's what it was. Um, but e even like I went through this phase playing with Terminus Horns, which is incredible uh, horn section, really good friends. And I was sort of writing for for them. Like I was writing with them in mind. Like, well, I got these awesome horn players. Like I got to write music that they would play. Hmm. Um, so I think now I've settled into like what the sound is and like the, the dudes I play with have a vibe and it fits um they're they're still being themselves but like it just really glues better to like my artistic direction at least right now um and yeah i think that would just took me as an identity thing it took me knowing who i was so that i could then resonate with those other people and it sort of become something um but i'm pretty open about like I want people to be themselves and I'm not like you have to play the, you have to play the hi-hat right here or else it doesn't work. You have to play this note. Like it's a lot of, I mean, I'll say if like, ah, let's try this instead. That's not really, that doesn't feel right, but it's, I like that it's open. The live shows are definitely, I like to open up songs and like see where they go and, it's a lot of different versions of songs depending on who I'm playing with or like what I'm feeling, you know? For sure. Yeah. yeah. I'd say going off that, like, I, cause I know that when you play with people a lot um, and I, I mean, I've seen you play with Zach a lot. I know y'all have like a lot of connection when y'all play together and y'all can read off each other. And I'm, I'm curious as to like how much room that leaves for like improvising, like on stage. Um, and if, and how y'all ever uh, go off that uh, when y'all are able to read each other so well and um, and like you just mentioned, like sort of create new versions of a song on stage. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, there's a lot of improvising on stage, I, I would say. Um, and with Zach, Zach was, Zach's a special guy. Like we, we had a, definitely had a thing and it was, um, we just, we, we could kind of read each other's minds a little bit, which is cool. Uh, we just, you know, we, I think we, we had a similar way of thinking about the music and we played together a lot when we were at Montreat. So we had like that to go off of too. Um, but I mean, you know, it's like, there's a, fr there's a framework to, to the song. Uh, so it's not like wherever it's not true. Um, like improvised jazz, like avant-garde, like it, you know, there's like, here's the song. Right. Um, but I think things do sort of like change and flow. And um, in a way, it's easier to do that with less people. I think like mm -hmm. if it was just me and Zach, like we could sort of like do more of a back and forth or like, um, you know, if it's a trio, maybe sometimes it's easier. Or if it's just me, honestly, that's probably when I do the most spontaneous mm -hmm. improvising or like pull out random songs sometimes i'll make up songs if i'm playing in like not a listening room like if i'm playing in like a, <laughs> if i'm playing in like a, I try not to play in many bars these days I've, i feel like i've hopefully graduated from that but playing in more of a rowdy place sometimes i i would make up stuff and i've done that before with a band actually before we'll just like make up 
some sort of a groove or a song and I'll just make up words. Actually, there was one, there was one we used to do. I don't even remember how it, Oh man, I'll have to find that song. They're, they're, like we we were on this tour in Florida, and I think Zach and I, like, I think we 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 did just make this song up, but then we just liked it and kept doing it each night. But it was still never finished. <laughs> it's like part of the song, like what happens here? I don't know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, awesome. it keeps it fresh. I think. Yeah. Okay, going off that, I have a couple of things to add to that. <clears throat> um, can you think of a live show that like? I know I, we asked, I asked you about this, but like a specific one that you're like, like something funny happened like that, like where you just kept playing the same song that you didn't really know how it went type deal, like, or something that stands out that like, is I guess appropriate enough to talk about um, where you're like, that was funny or that like stands out to me. Like, oh, I remember that time, like when you're playing with Zach or whoever you're playing with, like, is there one show that like stands above the rest in your, in, that lives rent free in your memory, if you will. Oh, there's so many probably I, I do for some reason popped in my head we have a good friend john that would come to our shows in charlotte is a goofy dude and i think we did it a couple times maybe but the first time especially he told us he knew or maybe zach knew it from going to school with him or something but he's like he could rap to uh the rap in waterfalls like don't go chasing waterfalls <laughs> what and i was like well I mean, it's a pretty easy song like i know i know the chorus like we could just like do you guys just want to play or with zach like maybe should we just call him up and see if he can actually rap it and which isn't really the vibe of my shows like rapping but um and he was you know he was probably pretty drunk or something and you're like i don't know how this is gonna go but we're gonna have our friend john come up and we, he killed it. <laughs> like he was insanely good. Yeah, it was just like that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, stuff like that. Like I, he also was. <laughs> you might have been at this show. Well, I don't remember, but it was at the Indemuse too. And he was there. And I was saying something. I was talking. He was belligerently drunk at this show as well. He's a great guy, so don't want you to paint him. It's like he's always drunk. But um, he just kept saying he was like heckling me in the crowd. He was like. I said something like, like, this is a baritone guitar. Like, that's a, something that is a fact. Like, this is a baritone guitar, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, doubt it. <laughs> like, like, doubt it? No, what? That's a fact. You can't. <laughs> what do you mean? Doubt it? And he would just say, like, crap like that in the background, heckling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure there's been, there was a lot of goofy times, like, goofy times when there was me and zach and and our buddy kevin too we had some fun mischief okay one more thing i'll, I'll ask you when you play live, when you play by yourself live um how much of the set list that you play is set in stone in your head do you even write it down is it just like i'm feeling this song i'm gonna go for it like yeah sometimes i i don't write anything down if it's just me okay yeah. I'll just get up on stage and um, maybe I know the first song will be or the first two or three. That's normally the best. Like the most magical shows I feel like I've had have been where it's just me. I get up there, I play a song and I'm just totally in the present moment. And so I'm not, because I definitely, I think I deal with a lot of, um, I won't call it like anxiety, but like just I'm critical 
my mind is doing a lot of thinking <laughs> always. And so when I'm playing music, sometimes my mind will be thinking about like, obviously I'm singing and playing. And so I'm thinking about that on some level, but my mind is thinking too much about the situation, like the room or like what I need to do next. Um, especially if it's like not going well in my mind, like I'm like, Oh, people aren't connecting to it. Like, what am I doing? My brain's just like, um, and so I think something that actually helps me in this weird way is to just not have a set list for some reason. If I have a set list and I'm looking down and I'm like, I look down at it and I'm like analyzing almost, or I'm thinking about this is the next thing I have to do. Like, or maybe I should do that one or, Oh wait, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And so I think, you know, like, and it's, it's hard when I have a band because so I go back and forth where I do have a set list or sometimes I like somewhat of a set list. Cause I'm with a band. It's a little harder to just like everyone to know what's happening next. Um, so a lot of that is like a set list, but then I try to like maybe have a general set list that I give everybody, but I just sort of, after the first couple songs, it like goes out the window and I'm like, well, we're doing this now. Like I'm playing this song, like jump in. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, along with that, I, I'm just stream of consciousness about your Dream live it. shows. Dream it. Um, how likely are you to turn down a fan in the crowd if they just keep after in between every song, like yelling one request, like, <laughs> like what, like, and how quickly are you, if you do, you know, oblige to them, how quickly are you to give them that request? If it's sandwiches, I will not. Yeah, besides sandwiches, besides okay. sandwiches, of course, of course. <laughs> That's a touchy subject, I know. <laughs> if it's one of my songs, like I generally really want to do it, especially if someone's willing to vocally say, play this song. Sometimes I won't because like, again, like my, my older stuff, a lot of it was all over the place in my mind. So like, or, or for instance, like in February or early March when we were touring on Graveyard Flower, like that record just came out. So I wanted to play that record. That makes like sense. Pretty mm -hmm. much all the songs, maybe a few other songs like that, that people might know, um, but that are in the same sound. So I don't want to break out, for instance, like Monopoly or Accidentally Cute, like these more funky sort of random ones. Um so that would be the time where if someone's like, play Monopoly, play Monopoly, play Monopoly, but I'm like playing very like folky stuff or whatever that I would try to ignore that. If they did it after every song though, <laughs> I mean, God. Would you tell yes, them to I like would. piss off or would you be like, uh, no. like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how, like, I don't know what goes through your head or what, what goes through the artist's head because like. It's all fan. <laughs> but I hate you. No, I would in, in a more that. polite way, at least. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, no, I would probably. I guess eventually I would do it if they belligerently yelled it at me every <laughs> my song. That's the thing because it's that's the cool thing is like if someone's yelling "Freebird," it's like no way, <laughs> But there's something cool about it being my song. That's like cool. You you're gonna yell it every after every song. Uh, you must really love that, and I wrote that, and that's really awesome. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of um, okay. like catering towards audiences, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't like encores, right? Well, 
I think I'm just bad at setting up an encore. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, it's such a weird, it's a weird thing because if this is the thing, if nobody knew what an encore was and you just had a really special night and crushed it and everyone was like ecstatic and then they're just like screaming because they just are like so ecstatic then I would be, and they were like, kept screaming. I'd be like, oh, we got to keep playing. These people are crazy. <laughs> I just love it. But it becomes this weird thing where it's just so expected when people go to shows. Yeah. It's this weird thing to deal with because you're like, people are expecting, or people think that the artist is expecting it or something. I don't even know. It's like this weird, or people think that it's like this. <laughs> Back and forth, back and yep. forth. Like, well, they think that you think that they think that you think that there's going to be an encore. And so it's like this weird, it's like, so sometimes it's just explicitly like, I'm not doing an encore. This is our last song. Yep. Or or I'll just be like, hey, like, this is our last song. Wink, wink. But if you really want us to play one more, like, we will. Like, it's just gotcha. such a weird thing. Who, like, why is that a thing? Why can't it just be like, like, there's no encore. The show is done. <laughs> like, if people freak, freak out, Maybe they'll come back, but that's not a thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I do really, I do hate how it's become such an expected thing. I guess yeah. on both parts. I mean, but because like I've been to definitely not as many shows as will probably like twenty five to thirty concerts, and I've I've seen one show that didn't play an encore, and I was like, what? Like, <laughs> and when it ended, I was like, they got to come out, and then the lights came on. I was like okay all right i guess yeah. like it was so i, I hated it because I was, I was like i feel let down and yet they played everything i wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. they they gave the hour you know hour 15 hour 30 that's expected for like a a, a show right yeah. they checked all the boxes but they just didn't do the little jig where they come out and play two more songs and they just played it all at once and yeah. i hate how it's become such a like yeah like i wish like i was I wish it was like that special treat where I was like, whoa, like we saw this band play for two hours and then they came out again. Like, yeah, that's what's that's what I wish was a, a thing. But yeah, you're right. It is such an expected thing that like it's not. Yeah. The one time that did happen, I was like, what the hell? Like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. I like I have not done a encores all the time. I don't know the percentage like when I do an encore versus not, but I definitely part of me is just like if I don't think that, and again, I'm very critical. So like, if I don't think that like I crushed it and it was like the best fun night, I almost don't want to do an encore. It's like, feels inauthentic. It feels like, you know, like, ah, people expect there to be an encore. So maybe they'll cheer a little bit, but like, if they're not cheering that much, it's like, well, I don't feel like I deserve in this weird way to like, do an encore or something and then sometimes i do and it's, and that's when it's like you just i just sort of feel it and it's like oh yeah this, this, is, this is great and so i, mean, I don't know if it, it's a weird thing man i don't know if it's on me or if it's on like audiences or what it's just like it's too complicated i don't know i'll never figure it out <laughs> do you think that i mean this obviously please don't take this hypocritically speaking towards your music but do you think it has something to do with as far as from a personal standpoint of like you're playing folk music and it's not like something that like you can just like hit a synthesizer and it's just like people will go nuts. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like you're not like, 
Please don't do take that the wrong way, but like no, no, not like, at all. I, I do think you, if you are an artist that wants to, that is more like entertaining people, you can make it where it's like a guaranteed encore or something like this epic thing happens. Yeah, you know what I mean. I just think the kind of artist I am, the folk, but it's just like as a songwriter, like I'm, I don't like to be as much of an entertainer. If that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Where an entertainer is like, you want people like dancing, or you want people like, yeah, you want it to hit and be like, like this huge thing. Like, and for me, like, again, my favorite shows are like when it's just me and there's like, you know, 50 people listening. And so it's almost like it's a different thing than like the encore that like a rock and roll band, or not the encore, but like the, the way a rock and roll band would do their set and like how they would end a song, this huge, like big thing or whatever. So I don't know. I do think part of it is that, or, you know, I, I know that like, I, the other thing is I don't, I think some bands it's, I don't know the split on how people do this, but I change the set every, pretty much every time I play, um, you know, maybe on a tour, like a two week tour, it's generally similar but like maybe we start on the same song and end somewhat on the same song or whatever but i think part of it is that it's like if you some bands like have a set and they play that set and i think when you do that you also sort of build in like the the way it goes like there's no doubt how it goes if that makes sense you're like we're gonna play the the hit single that everyone sings along to right here and then we're gonna have this really upbeat song and then this is this and this will line up to the up oh, then we'll have the encore after that and it's gonna be these three songs yep and so i don't ever do that i'm just sort of trying to feel like what feels right i guess like night to night and just so sometimes that means like i'm not quote unquote like saving a song for an encore because I'm not like trying to plan that there is one. I'm just sort of like, ah, oh, this is, this feels right. This feels right. This feels right. Um, and in the moment that sometimes means that it's not like perfect quote unquote, like where the flow is like, boom, boom, boom. We're set up for an encore. Boom, boom, boom. Like energy. Boom. It might just be like, ah, oh, I'm ending on like this slow one because that's just where it is. Or yeah, I don't know uh, for lack of better, like, diving into it a part of me is just like doesn't like i don't like to do what people expect sometimes a lot of times it's maybe to to a fault i could say i like that though yeah but it does sort of become a fault when you i don't know it's like if it's a good thing then like honestly this is funny because i think it ties back to what we were talking about at the beginning with graveyard flowers i feel like to a certain degree early on in my music career i was i didn't want to play folk music because it was expected it was more like what everyone was doing it was like coming off of the muffers and sun stuff when yeah. i was in high school and i was like i don't want to do that i want to do randoms like i want to do everything and so my first record where to run was like folk songs like gospel songs funk songs I, I was like what if i was me now i'd be like what is this guy doing like who 
this person doesn't know who they are, which was accurate. <laughs> um, but I think that's the example of like to a fault because I was so resistant or not. Resi I was, I was pushing back so much against like the expectation that me as a singer songwriter would just make a folk record and like everything would just be acoustic guitar by myself. If I had done that, I probably would like it better now, <laughs> like mm -hmm. looking back. Um, so I don't know. Sometimes I have to like wrestle with that and just not be, it ends up being an ego thing. I, I think even though it's trying not to be initially, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I, I want to circle back to it real quick and will please chime in. Um, the, the expectation of like the saving of a song, I think is the biggest issue of the encore is like um, most bands that I've seen, I guess this is super general, but like I've typically seen them save their, I guess the big song to the encore. And so it's expected of the audience, right? Whenever they don't play yeah. it in the first half of the you know, first part of the show that like, Oh, they're coming out. Let's, let's stay. And that's, I think it's been this biggest issue. And so every time I have an experience, like I said, I've only had one or two shows where there's not been an encore every time the few times, actually, there's only been one time that I've actually been fooled thinking there wouldn't be an encore and I was completely content with it, but there was one and it subverted expectations and it was all song. So I saw, um, I've told Will about this show. I talk about the show all the time. Two summers ago, I saw Vampire Weekend. I went by myself, right. my first ever concert by myself um, and got front row. They played for two full hours. They played all the hit. They played A Punk. They played Oxford Comet. All the all their big hit songs that like you would expect them to play. And they have a pretty big um, arsenal of songs. And so when they got off the stage over after over two hours, I was like, okay, there's no way they come back out and play. Like there's like that's this is insane. And sure enough, you know, a minute later they came back out and played um, a song that Will and I love, Walcott, which is not a song that like I would think that they would play at all. And they, you know, it was just totally subverted what I expected. And it's a, it's a piano based song and it was just um, super cool. Cause I wasn't expecting it. And the whole time I was like, Oh man, they're not going to play it, but like, that'd be super cool if they did. And then sure enough, they came out and played that one song and I did not expect that at all. So yeah, that's, that's, I think the biggest issue is like you expect to hear the, that one hit song. And then whenever um, you don't hear it and they come back out, you're like, ah, this is when they're going to play it. Cool. Like when are they going to end on this song? So yeah, I, I appreciate you, I guess, rewriting the book on on encores. To uh, I don't know that I'm doing anything like that. <laughs> I think I'm just trying to figure it out for myself. I, yeah. I do think having more, uh, a bigger catalog of music is definitely like, like it's already been really nice for me with the new record doing a couple of these shows because it's like, that feels like a body of work. But then it's like, if I want to play some old older songs, like that's cool for an encore. That's cool for like, you know, different parts of the set. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm rewriting any sort of a book. I'm just figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate at least your just uh, awareness to that, that subject because that's the weirdness of encores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's strange. Um, well, well, I have nothing else to add. Um, Will, if you have anything or Sam, if you have anything you'd like to throw out there, let it be heard. Oh, and I appreciate, appreciate you guys having me and like, yeah. you know, asking all these questions. It's cool. Cause I, I don't always have um, interviews that are so, you know, full and, and longer and where we can talk about whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate it and good luck with the podcast and uh, thank you people listening.
this will come out Thursday, right? So this yes, releasing Thursday. I've not promoted a single thing, so um, uh, we'll we'll post about Thursday. But yeah, well, people that are listening right now, Thursday in real time. Yes. Uh, yeah, the new song comes out at midnight that night yeah so you get yeah. a podcast episode with sam and then a couple hours later uh, right, you get man. you get a single why not why wouldn't you do it <laughs> i um, wouldn't <laughs> but sam thank you so much for coming on man i really appreciate it we'll have to get you back on if you uh, would like to do that at some point but um yeah man i love podcasts like i said so anytime thank you jack and will uh, both for listening to my music and and uh being supportive and all that too. Well, thank you sam will Good thank man. you i appreciate you, you buddy man. You the man. Yeah. Um, I will. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be about it for us, guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Life's Podcast. Carry on.